Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, where we learn, where we grow, and where we try to increase our faith and our trust in the scriptures. Today, what we want to talk about is that subject itself, but we want to talk about it in two different two different ways, if you will. And we want to we want to pose this question: Which I have you been using lately? Which I have you been using lately? Have you been using the physical eye or have you been using the eye of faith? You see, there, there's a difference there because the physical eye can only see so far. But the eye of faith can see past this life. The eye of faith can see through impossible situations. The eye of faith can see heaven. But which eye have you been using in your life? Have you been relying more on what you can and cannot see? Or have you been relying more on the eye of faith? Which eye have you been using lately? And what we want to do with this podcast today is I want to give you five descriptions of each one. And so uh, we'll start with the eye of faith. So we'll give you five reasons why. Uh, we'll give you kind of five reasons um, that people use the eye of faith, why should you use the eye of faith, or what are some attributes of people that use the eye of faith? And then also, what are some attributes of those, or what are some symptoms, if you will, of those who use the physical eye? All right, so that's kind of what we want to do and, and compare today. So for number one, the eye of faith, those that use the eye of faith, number one, they see the invisible and they make it possible. They see the invisible and make it possible. When you think about heaven, and you think about it's such a beautiful place described in scripture. It's it's such a a rewarding thing to think about and where you want to go because that's our ultimate hope isn't is heaven. But the question is how many of us have seen it? None of us. How many of us have heard from relatives that are gone about heaven? None of us have heard it. How do we know it's there? By faith. You see, the eye of faith always sees the invisible and makes it possible. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, verse that we all know in the hall of faith, it describes what faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope for heaven. We hope to live with God. We hope to live with him for eternity. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. You see, the eye of faith allows you to see the unseen. And that's how these great men of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 can get through what they went through because they use the eye of faith. So number one, those that use the eye of faith, they see the invisible and they make it possible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Number two, another another symptom of those that use the eye of faith, or another attribute, if you will, they do not look at their own desires. Look at this. And again, this is a podcast where we use the scriptures, and we want to make sure we use the scriptures to help 
validate our points. You know, we don't want to use personal stories. We don't want to use this or that. We want to use strictly 100% the scriptures to validate these points because that's that's what people can check on. So Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to look at verse number 23. Now here it speaks again, the hall of faith, but here it goes into specific examples. And in this example, it has the example of Moses. Moses, who was born Hebrew, but was raised as an Egyptian. Now, I want you to notice Moses, even then, even then, before he was the great late, the great leader of God's people, he didn't look at his own desires. He used the eye of faith. Watch this. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 23. But by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And by faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing, watch this, by faith, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Think about that. Moses could have enjoyed all the luxury that the Egyptian culture had to offer. Could have enjoyed all of it. Enjoyed all those pleasures for a season. But notice he chose by faith to suffer the affliction with the people of God rather than think about himself. Then keep going. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ rather than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You see, Moses knew, look, I can I can enjoy the pleasures of, of sin for a season, but it's only going to last for a season. It's only temporal. I can, I can go through the affliction with the people of God, and I can have such a greater reward. By faith, Moses chose to do that. You see, faith, and I don't know what circumstance that, that you've been in. I, I don't know that. But I do know this. In any circumstance that you find yourself in, if you focus so much on what you want, on your desires, on getting and doing whatever you have to do to get what you want, you're not using faith. You're using the physical eye. And we'll get to some of the uh, the attributes of those that use that later. But when you look at your own desires and you will do whatever it takes to get what you want, you're, you're not using faith. You're using feeling. You see, there's a difference between feelings and there's a difference between faith. You see, we can feel a lot of things. Oh, I feel like this. I I feel like this person is this. You can be right or wrong. But faith doesn't focus on feeling. Faith focuses on this, on the scripture. Faith focuses on God and trusting in him. So number one, those that use the eye of faith, they see the invisible and they make it possible. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Those that use the eye of faith, they do not look at their own desires. Moses, Hebrews chapter 11, 23 and 26. But those that use the eye of faith, number three, they wait 
and they endure through trials, whether they understand it or not. That's the great thing about, about the eye of faith. They can wait and they can endure. And the only person that I know in terms of scripture, other than Christ himself, that really waited and that really endured was Job. Can you imagine one day everything is fine? Wife's good. Kids are good. Sacrifice for the kids just in case they sin. Everything's good. Wealth is good. Money's good. Everything's fine. Literally within seconds, everything is taken away and it's gone. Job didn't understand that, but he waited and he endured. And I want you to notice if you go to the book of Job and if you go to chapter one. And if you read verse 22, just a simple verse, but it's very profound. All this was taken. You know, we read, you know, I think the thing about the scripture, we can't just read it like it's a story. I think one thing that we have to do with the scripture, we need to read it and understand it that this actually happened. You know, it's not just a a cute story to get a, a point across or it's not just an amazing triumph story to get a point across. It actually happened. You know, we got to think it's real, you know. And so when you think about this, a, a man lost his family, a man lost his kids, you know, a man lost his wealth just because Satan wanted to do this. But I want you to notice verse 22 of chapter one of Job and all of this and everything that was taken away wrongfully by Satan through the allowance of God, God allowed it in all of this. Job sin not, nor, nor did he charge God foolishly. You see, Job had no idea what was going on, but he waited and he endured the trial. See, here's the thing about trials for the Christian. And here's the thing that messes us up a lot. We feel as if sometimes we have to understand everything that's going on. You know, we feel as if we can't get through it if we don't if we don't 100 percent understand it. That's not faith. You're using too much of your physical eye. You're using too much of your physical mind to try to figure things out. You wait and endure. That's our job as Christians. And that's what the eye of faith does. The eye of faith always waits and endures. So number four, what else does the eye of faith do? The eye of faith trusts God in impossible circumstances. I want you to look at this. Let's use, again, we're using our Bibles for all these examples. And, you know, you can go back and you can look at these because, I, you know, that's, that's the great thing about the scripture. You can always check the scripture. I could be wrong in my own personal examples. Uh, but the scripture always gives a perfect example for anything that we've gone through. So if you go to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember here, King Nebuchadnezzar builds the, the idol. And when the when the sack butt blew, the trumpet blew, then everyone was to bow down and worship that idol. But I want you to notice Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God who we serve, He's able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, 
be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Again, don't read this as if it's a story. Read it like it actually happened. It'll start changing the way you think about these men of faith in scripture because it actually did happen. Imagine being threatened to be thrown into a fiery furnace. If any human being is thrown into a fiery furnace, you are not coming out. You're not coming out. But here's the type of faith that these that these three Hebrew boys had. If you throw us in this fire, God's going to deliver us. Okay? So God's always going to deliver us whether you throw this throw us in this fire or let us live. Then number 2 they say, if not let it be known that even if we don't survive this, even in death, we're not going to serve your gods. So either way, O king, either way, it's a win-win situation for me. So you decide. That's what faith does. Faith trusts God in impossible circumstances. That's one of the most amazing aspects of faith. Do you have that? Do I have that? That's what the eye of faith does. Then number five. The eye of faith does not complain and the eye of faith does not constantly blame others for their circumstances and the eye of faith does not blame their circumstance. You know, there's so many people in this life that blame their circumstance for why they are or where um, they are because of where they are. You know, well, if I wasn't this, then I wouldn't be going through this or I'm in this circumstance, you know, life is harder for me because of this. And life is harder for me because of this. Stop blaming your circumstance. You're going to use that as a crutch the rest of your life. The eye of faith doesn't complain and doesn't blame others for their circumstance. And it doesn't blame the circumstance itself. The eye of faith doesn't do that. Think about this. Think about Joseph. Again, let's use our Bibles. Go to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50. Now remember, <clears throat> Joseph's brothers threw him in that pit. And be, after they threw him out of the pit, Joseph's life was uh, was terrible, really, from age 17 on. Terrible. I mean, Joseph did absolutely nothing wrong to anyone. But every single time something wrong happened to him because of these guys' decision, right? And so look at this. Again, remember, Jacob dies. Now, Joseph's brothers are afraid that Joseph's putting on a front. Uh, Joseph's only being nice to us because dad's alive. Because dad's dead. Now, Joseph's in second in command. He's, he's going to kill us for sure. But I want you to notice Joseph's mindset. Here in Joseph's, uh, not Joseph, Genesis chapter 50. starting verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, fear not. For am I in the place of God? Notice this. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Imagine having the opportunity to get vengeance on someone that in your eyes has done you wrong. Right? These men, these brothers, they come in wanting corn, wanting food. Ah. Look who's coming to me now. Look who needs my help now. You remember that day you threw me in the pit? You see, the people with the eye of faith, 
they don't think about themselves. They don't think about the the pain and the constant tribulation that they had to go through. They don't complain and blame others. See, those with the physical, I do. You see, Joseph could have said, look, you did all this stuff to me because of that decision for you to throw me in that pit. I went through this, 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 and this because of you. It's your fault, Pharaoh's wife put me in jail. It's your fault I was in jail for two years. It's your fault. You see, Joseph was, he could have blamed his brothers for that. But I want you to notice, Joseph said, no, you thought it evil, but God had a bigger plan. You see, the eye of faith thinks about God's plan and not ours. So that's what the eye of faith does. Quickly, let's look at what the physical eye does. This is what we don't want to be, right? The physical eye, number one, the physical eye, number one, always finds a way to blame someone else for their lack of faith. Look at this. Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. Um, and let's start in verse 11. Now, remember, we have uh, the first married couple, Adam and Eve. God tells them to not to, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. They decide, OK, we're going to do it. And I want you to notice here, chapter uh, chapter three, verse 11. And God said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, well, the woman, the woman which thou gavest me to be with, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. The Lord said unto the woman, or unto the woman, who was this that, th- that thou hast done? What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, well, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. You see, the man blamed the woman and the woman blamed the serpent. You see, when we get caught, we always want to blame somebody. Well, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have did this. Or it wasn't for how they said this, then I wouldn't have done this. You see, that's what the physical eye does. The physical eye always finds, always blames someone else. Well, it was their fault I acted this way. Well, if if they would have said this, then I wouldn't have had to say this. You see, the physical eye will always blame someone else. It takes away personal responsibility. And that's something as a Christian that we always have to have personal responsibility. See, the physical eye, I'll find I'll find some way to to blame someone else for it. I'll blame my circumstance. I'll blame the problem. I'll blame this person. We got to stop that. We got to stop because that type of life, blaming other people for your problems, blaming other people for your decisions, it's life will start going like this for you. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me either. Right. Number two. The physical eye always rushes God's timing and always tries to figure things out on their own. You see, remember here in Genesis chapter 16 and in the previous chapter, when Abram, when God tells Abram, look at the stars, that's going to be your seed line. It's going to be boundless, right? And the the line is going to come through you and Sarai. It's going to come through you. But then chapter 16, verse one of Genesis Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Time passed. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me. Who said the Lord restrained her? You see, she just didn't have faith. She was looking with the physical eye, but it wasn't God's time yet. I pray thee, go unto my handmaid, that it may be that I may obtain children through her. Was that the promise? My Bible says in Genesis 15, it will come through you, Sarah. 
But because her lack of faith and because things didn't happen in her time when she wanted it, okay, now I'm going to step in. You see, the physical eye, when you don't see things happening in your time, you're going to rush God and you're going to make rash decisions. And those rash decisions that you make could have everlasting consequences. And you don't want that. That's what the physical eye does. It rushes God. Then number three, the physical eye, it always thinks about his or her wants and his or her needs over everything else, over everything. And they'll get through anyone to do it. Look at this. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15. Remember here we have the prodigal son here. If we start in verse uh, number 11 of Genesis 15, here's what the Bible says. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Watch this, verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. You see, when you think about your own wants and when you think about your own needs, you're going to end up being just like the prodigal son. You're always going to end up being in want. You see, you're going to get your wants and needs from this person. All right. Next one. Going to get your wants and needs from this person. All right. You gave me what I need. Next one. You're going to get your wants and needs. You're just going to constantly, constantly not only use yourself, but you're going to constantly use other people. You always think about what you want. You got to stop. That's that's the thing about the eye of faith. And that's the thing about a Christian in general. You don't think about your needs. You think about others' needs above yours, above yours. So that's what the physical eye does. Number four, another thing that the physical eye does, it trusts his or her own wisdom rather than God's wisdom. Watch this. Go to Proverbs uh, Psalm, Proverbs chapter three. Uh, let's see, where do we want to go here? Proverbs chapter three. Uh, let's start in verse. Uh, let's start in verse five. Yes, perfect. Here we go. Look at look at what the Proverbs writer says here. But trust in the Lord. Stop there. Don't trust in your own wisdom when you don't understand what's going on in your life. Uh, when you don't understand a situation, don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your mind. Don't trust in your intellect. Don't trust in anyone else's intellect. Because here, one lesson that um, not only that I've learned, but that the scriptures teach all men, whether they have great intentions or not, all men have clay feet. All men will will try to, to give you the right advice, but sometimes it may not be what's right for you, right? But you have to trust in God. You see, one thing that I think um, is kind of a problem with the brotherhood, we trust each other so much. Uh, and that's not bad. I'm not saying that you shouldn't trust your brethren, but I'm saying in the sense of we put so much stake and so much trust in a person that when they fail, we fail because we put all our trust in them. Right. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord. Watch this verse five, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I'm not to put my trust in no man. 
I don't care who he is. I don't care who she is. I don't put all my trust in them. I put 100% of my trust in God. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Watch this. The next verse. In all your ways, acknowledge the brethren. In all your your ways, acknowledge your favorite brother. In all your ways, acknowledge your favorite preacher. In all your ways, acknowledge your favorite youth minister. No, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You see, we got it backwards. We can't acknowledge men. We have to acknowledge God. And once you start doing that, you're going to start seeing, you're going to start using the eye of faith rather than the physical eye. Right. And so you trust in those that use the eye of the physical eye. They trust in their own wisdom rather than God's wisdom. Last one. Those that use the physical eye, they constantly complain and they constantly blame others and they constantly blame their circumstance. (laughs) Here's a perfect example. You know, you got to laugh because we've all done this before, but uh, to see someone in scripture do this is it's it's crazy to, to think that this actually happened. Go to Exodus chapter 32. Now, remember, here's the here's the scene. Moses goes up to the mount to get the the command from God. And Aaron has the responsibility to basically look, look out for the people uh, while Moses is gone. Now, I want you to look at this. And when the people saw that Moses delayed, stop, 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 stop. So it says the people saw that Moses delayed. Now, replace um, Moses with God there. When we see God delaying in our life, when we see him not going fast enough for us, then we start to say exactly what these people said here. The people gather themselves together. This is what people do. They'll get in little groups and they'll gather themselves together. And they'll say to themselves, let us do this. Let us make gods that will go before us. Um, And Aaron said, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then they did this. Let's skip down. And Moses hears about this. Uh, Verse 7, Lord said to Moses, get thee down, for the people brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Jump down. Let's go to verse number, um, verse 20. Look at this. Remember, those that use the physical eye, they blame others. Verse 20, he took the calf which was made and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it in water and made the children of Israel drink it. Oh, can you imagine drinking straight gold? It's disgusting, but there's consequences for everything. 21, and Moses said to Aaron, what did this people say unto thee that brought a great sin on them? And Aaron said, look at this. See, when you get caught, you start blaming other people. And Aaron said, uh, let, let not the anger of the Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they're set on mischief. You, you know those people. You know those type of people. They're mischievous people. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I was just, I was just trying to do the do my best. For they said to me, make us gods which shall go before us. For as this man Moses that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And I said, well, if you have any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me and I cast in the fire. Then when I cast in the fire, then this calf just came up. Look, it's just so stupid. Just the stuff that Aaron says here. But that's what we do. The physical eye 
always find someone else to blame. It's never your fault. There's never anything that you could have done better. It's always someone else's fault. Well, if they would have did this or if they would have acted this way or or if they would have been more like this and I wouldn't have had to stop. You're, you're going to constantly live your life blaming someone else. What? That's not a life to live. You're going to constantly blame someone else. You see, if you're a Christian, always takes personal, personal responsibility. What could I have done better in this situation? How could I have been better? How could my attitude have been better? How could my mindset have been better? It's hard to do that, but that's what we're required to do. But those five, that's what the physical eye does. Now, here's the question. Which one have you been doing? I don't know what's been going on in your life. I don't know that. But you know, if you've been using the physical eye or if you've been using the eye of faith, you know that. And I know that too. And, you know, I was able to make this list because if I'm being honest with myself, I've been using the physical eye for so long. For the past couple of years, you know, when things don't go my way, you know, I think about my own wants. I trust my own wisdom. I constantly complain. I'll find a way to. That's not a life. I've lived that life. And that's not that's that's something that I don't want to do. But I want to do the eye of faith. I want to see the impossible and make it possible. I don't want to look at my own wants and my own desires. I want to wait and I want to endure through trials. I want to trust God through impossible situations. And I don't want to keep blaming other people in circumstances in my life. I'm telling you, it's it's not good. Use the eye of faith, develop it. So which eye have you been using? Have you been using the physical eye or have you been using the eye of faith? It's a great study. I've enjoyed studying that with you today. Again, if you want to listen to this podcast or if you want to listen uh, to previous podcasts, go to When the Scriptures Become Real on YouTube. Um, you can like and subscribe there. You can also look on When the Scriptures Become Real on Twitter. Just look up my name. Uh, I think it's PJ25, and all of them are there as well. You can also look this up, and you can look up spiritual articles on LinkedIn. Uh, just look up my name, Jordan Pugh, and all of them will be there as well. Uh, you can also uh, listen to the podcast on iTunes. We're there as well. Look up when the scriptures become real on that little podcast app on your iPhone or your iPad or or whatever Apple device you have. And we're there as well. Um, you know, I love studying this and it's been such a great study to study with you. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope we all just continue to grow and and really use the eye of faith. Thank you.